Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Uh, encouraged to have you with me this morning. This, this morning, it's this afternoon. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor, and I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. And this is the show, Calvary Live, where we take your calls and questions, and we pray together. Uh, we search the scriptures together. Uh, and we want to learn to grow in the grace of God and the goodness of God and be just blown away by his goodness and, and brought back to an understanding of his faithfulness. Uh, and so give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number, 690-3000. Uh, taking your calls, taking your questions. Um, so you can also text me. Um, you can text me at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's for, um, for texting only. So, um, you know, just make sure that um, you know that if you make a phone call or you um, leave a message, we'll never hear it, never see it only texting during the show. Uh, so if we don't have calls, we'll take your texts, okay? 303-690-3000. Dennis is right up. Line hey, how number you doing, one. How you doing, Pastor? Hey, I'm doing great, Dennis. What's up? I'm uh, good. I, um, I actually got a couple questions you can take, but the first question is, uh, we all know Jesus died for our sins, past, present, and future, for sure. Yes. Why do uh -huh. we? Why do we need to confess our sins then? We're to confess our sins because we're to appropriate or receive that forgiveness and acknowledge that we've sinned against God. Um, the forgiveness flows from the blood of Jesus Christ, but like the Bible mm -hmm. says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, and the word confess there means to say the same thing. And, and so basically when you and I are confessing our sins, uh, we're laying before God the reality of our, our present failure, our present distance from Him. We're we're laying before, you know, think of think of the order of confession, you know, we're confessing our sins to God, and we're also mm -hmm. confessing our sins to the people that we've sinned against, so that there might be recon reconciliation, and the relationship rebuilt, uh, and the distance shortened, uh, and so that's the functional purpose, and we confess our sins because the Bible tells us to. Okay, well, because I was going back and forth with a Catholic friend of mine, and, and, yes. and so... Let me ask you this then, Pastor. If that's I mean, for sure that's the case, but I'm saying if yeah, you yeah. don't confess your sins, because we believe it's 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 the blood of the Christ and nothing else, but the Catholics believe it's it's work related to works related to get themselves to work to heaven. Yes. So if we don't confess uh -huh. our sins, but we believe in our we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus died on the cross was resurrected three days later, and the only way through the Father, through the Son, okay? We yes. actually believe it, so quote-unquote, we're saved. Okay, if we don't confess those sins, are we still saved? Yes. I guess. 
Okay. Yes, and but but let's think of it this way. You know, let's let's think of it. Um, let's add some context to this. Because now, okay. you know, when we say confess our sins, that doesn't mean to a priest or to a man. Uh, the Bible right. never instructs that, uh, so we know that that's that's not something that the Bible teaches us. Uh, and the idea of confession is is one of relationship. And so we we in our limited minds and our broken minds cannot remember every single bad thing that we've ever done. Uh, right. And so we're held, we're held accountable truly for what we know. For example, um, let's say um, let's say that you did you sinned against someone, but you really didn't know it hurt them, right? We do that. Right. All, we do that. Sure. Um, we sin by omission or commission, and and so we've never confessed that. We never stopped being a believer. We never confessed it because we really don't even know. But when right. that brother comes to us and says, um, "Hey, brother, so and so." When you said this, it really hurt my feelings. It would be a good thing to ask for their forgiveness. And by asking for their forgiveness, you're really confessing to them that you're sorry and that you see it the way God sees it. It was wrong. I didn't mean to hurt you, but I want my relationship to be right with you. So you're doing that all as a believer. You're not, your relationship with God doesn't go in and out of your ability to confess and remember every single bad thing you've ever done your whole life. Right. Okay, so that think makes of it, sense. One, you got I, time. Do I get another question? You got time for questions? Yes, you can. can but not, let me okay. add one more thing, because there's another okay. distinction that's super important with your friend as you're talking with them, and that is the idea of our position before God. And you described our position. Our position before God is that our sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. That when, mm-hmm. when God sees you and me, he sees us in Christ. And And so that's... That's the, the positional place that we have. But now what your, your question and my answer was more along the lines of our function, our relational aspect, you know, horizontally um, with God, or excuse me, vertically with God, we uh-huh. are forgiven and hidden in Christ. But horizontally uh-huh. with others, uh, we are living out our lives and being honest and clean. So, you know, we're loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we're loving each other uh, our neighbors, ourselves. And that makes sense, and and um, I appreciate it. On the same line with the Catholic beliefs, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, because they say if they don't go to church, they it's quote-unquote a mortal sin, and, you know, if they don't confess that they go to hell. I don't want to get into that, but, 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 but what I'm getting into, because, you know, they believe the Eucharist, the communion is body and blood of Jesus, and I don't. Yes. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what you believe, too, that it represents the body and blood and 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 what I what I said to him and he had he had a he had something I couldn't really answer and I go look at the last okay. at the last supper we understand Jesus says this is my body this is my blood but if it was really blood mosaic law like Peter would have freaked out because Peter always put his foot in his mouth and say hey God <laughs> Jesus this is we can't do this he never said that but his reference was, well, when he was talking to the masses earlier on, he goes, unless you, you know, unless you take my body and drink my blood, you, you know, you can't follow me. I'm paraphrasing this. Well, so many people yes. left. Well, if it was a metaphor, which I thought it was, okay, why did Jesus tell his apostles after the fact, like he did when he did a lot of different little things, when he did parables, he says, hey, this is what it means. Jesus never said this didn't really mean that. So, and all right. these people left because they thought it was actually his body and blood. And that's a Catholic yes. point why they believe it is the body and blood of Jesus. And I said to him, look, granted, that's a miracle, okay? Every miracle, 
always there was always eyewitnesses. We could talk about turning the water into wine, feeding the thousands, parting the sea, um, healing people. There's always people who could back that miracle. Well, when it, when when the Catholics believe that actually is the true body and blood of Jesus, there's really you can't really put your hands. Oh yeah, we saw it actually happen. So how do you? talk to a Catholic, and when they actually said, well, you know what, if that's just a metaphor for something, how come he didn't tell his apostles that when all his people walked away from him when he was talking to the masses? Well, I think I think I would answer it a couple ways. You know, one, I would say, let's go back to, because uh, I think you did a great job taking him back to the communion table. And one of the things um, that was pretty obvious that, that he did, and the Bible says it explicitly, is that he took bread handed it to each other, and they broke a piece of bread off. They were instructed to eat of that same loaf of bread, and they were instructed to drink of that same cup of wine. And there's no mention of change, transubstantiation. There's no no mention of it changing any, anything. He didn't say, take, eat, this is my body, and then have them bite his arm or, or cut his wrist and bleed into it like you kind of a, used in the Mosaic Law and the blood. And so... It, it was such a dramatic illustration that I think it's one of those things where, you know, if I say, um, if I tell you on this on this phone call, you know, why don't you just, how do you eat an elephant? This problem's so big. So how are you and I going to eat an elephant? I And your answer would probably be one bite at a time, right? But, but I'm not, I, I don't need to explain to you because I think you already know by the illustration itself that you and I are not going to eat an elephant. Like it's... It's self-explanatory, uh, number one. And number two, uh, the reality of the, the words that were hard for them, um, they were progressively hard, not just in John 6, but they were progressively hard. And he was challenging them. You know, I don't, I don't believe personally that they walked away just from the, the stated fact of blood and body. I think they walked away because he was calling them to a higher level of commitment, I think they knew exactly what he was saying, that in order to follow me, you have to, you, you have to take all of me. This is an all or nothing um, relationship. And, and so because it's all or nothing relationship, those words were too hard for people. I don't think, I, I'm sure some did, but I don't think everybody left to go, oh, this guy's crazy to eat his body. Because I don't think he offered his arm to them to bite there either. Um, you know, because that's that would have been, and and besides all this, this is before he died. So the the elements don't really mean anything because they have he hasn't died yet. Okay, so that's, yeah, well, that's, that's how I would. That's their that's their point. That's what they always come back to about. You know, but yeah, so uh, it is this guy. But you know, gotta, I, I, I try to talk to him a lot, and he's kind of he he knows his scriptures. He's like. I call him cradle Catholic, cradle Protestant. Sure. He's not one of those guys, so he actually teaches uh-huh. Sunday school. So it's kind of nice talking to him because we go back and forth through so Scripture. I have one more, though. There's, mo- there's, there's one more significance that mm-hmm. is, is rooted in the Scriptures that you and I understand, but it's good to bring out. And I would mm-hmm. ask my Catholic friends, and even uh, Roman Catholics listening in right now, I would ask them, how many times was it necessary for Jesus Christ to die and rise again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times? What would you say? We all know. One, of course. Just one, one time. It's done. And so the, 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 the large failure in their view of communion is their belief that when the elements are transformed, that Jesus Christ is being crucified again. Mm-hmm. And that's because the Bible says 
that by his will, whoops, the Bible says in Hebrews, oh, my computer turned off, hold on. By, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body, body of Jesus Christ once for all. And that's a significant thing because Jesus isn't, the, the, the Roman Catholic belief that Jesus is being crucified at, at every time um, of communion or the Holy Eucharist, um, he's not. It's, a, it's symbolic of the once for all crucifixion. Sure. So one more thing. I want to recommend a book to you that's very helpful huh? uh, in learning about this. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Catholics. I, you know, I have that one. I have another book that's pretty good, too. It's called The Gospel According to Rome. You know, that's oh, a really good one, too. And there's another uh, one. I forget Mac the title McCarthy, of it. McCarthy, but... not MacArthur. McCarthy or something. I'm reading okay. that right now. That really goes into detail. Good, and it's helpful to have this knowledge so you so you understand the the you know the, the the difficulty of ministering to someone in Roman Catholicism is that they don't use the same standard that you and I do. I know um, the right. standard of the Bible is is not that, so it makes it hard because you'll bring a bring a person to a biblical and you just you know as you bring them to a biblical point and they say what the tradition says or the Holy Catholic know. doctrine uh, says. The catechism. Um, it's always, you know, I, I listen, because I always like to get point counterpoint. I guess I, I, I love that. And, and it's always sure. with them. It's never with the Bible. It's a catechism. And I'm not knocking our Catholic friends that are listening, but it's, it's more of the catechism, the church interpretation of what's going on. Instead of, what does the Bible say? What does the Holy Spirit, yeah. when you have the sermon, what's going on? Not just the catechism of a Catholic faith, because, you know, it's like, you know, so... You're right, Pastor. So we need to be we need to be armed. We need to have answers. Just like I didn't really have an answer, so I said I'll get back to you. So I I called you because yeah. we don't have all the answers. So hopefully we know we can talk to somebody who has answers for us. And you, and you know, those. we're planting seeds. It's we're just planting That's seeds it. with people. We're just and and we want to retain friendships. I was just talking to someone yesterday. It's our culture, even in the church today. There just seems to be a lack of ability to disagree without wanting to destroy your opponent and. That's just not the loving response that Jesus taught us. We can disagree without destroying each other. Well, you want to make a good politician then, Pastor, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I taught that. But thank you, my brother. <laughs> I'm giving you, just giving you a hard time, but thank you. God bless <laughs> what you're doing, and keep it going, okay? Thanks, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. 303-690-3000. Uh, Nick in Westminster, Colorado. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, Nick, are you still with us? I'm um, sorry, Nick. Uh, how about uh, Tanya in Parker, Colorado? Tanya, welcome to the program. Oh, no. All right, we've got wide open lines. It looks like our calls have dropped. and um, Just call right back. You have a couple of prayer requests. I'd love to pray with you. 303-690-3000. Um, I have a book on my desk here. Uh, that that just reminded me. I want to tell you about it, and then I want to pray for you. But it's called. It's from a friend of mine, um, a friend, a pastor friend that I didn't really serve side by side with him, but we served at the same church at the same time, and he's still there uh, in Calvary Chapel in Downey. His name is Pastor Mark Maciel, and God saved him from a real radical background. Uh, if I remember correctly, he was in prison and in the gangs, and uh, and God did a dramatic work. Uh, and he heads up the prison ministry, and now he has his own prison ministry called Prison Ministries of America. And he sent me a book uh, in the mail, 
that I sat down on a trip and read it on the plane, like in one sitting. It's called The Wayward, The Prodigal, Trisha Maciel's Story. And it's the story of, of, his, of uh, Mark and Patricia's daughter, Trisha, who um, uh, walked away from the Lord and came back. And I'm just a heavy heart for uh, parents with prodigals right now. And, um, you know, the I, I, I got an email recently that somebody said, you know, Ed, re, re, not, don't just remember the prodigal kids, but but also remember prodigal spouses. And, and I would say um, when my heart breaks, you know, it certainly breaks for parents, um, being a parent myself. And, and then of those of you that, that have prodigal relationships, it's very difficult. And so can I just pray for you? I'm going to be bringing Mark out here soon. I don't know when. Uh, I already contacted him, but I want to bring him and his daughter out uh, for a time of ministry at a weekend services. Um, I want to make his book available. Um, and I want to encourage you guys uh, that are parents of prodigal children because the, the story was a hard one to read of some of the decisions she made, some of the decisions that, that they as parents had to make uh, because of, of their daughter's decisions. And um, um, and it was, it was hard to read, but it was a good ending. And that's what we're praying for, right? A good ending that your kids will come to a saving, uh, 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 come back to a saving knowledge, you know, come back to good choices, come back to um, submitting themselves to bad influences. And so, God, we do pray for those listening in right now that have prodigal kids, and uh, maybe they're just given up and frustrated and sad and angry, and um, <clears throat> uh, it's very difficult. And I just pray you'd comfort them and encourage them, Lord. Um, and that you'd bring the prodigal home, that they would come to their senses and it wouldn't be so much damage or consequences until they do. In Jesus' name, amen. And so I'm sure you can get this on Amazon. It's called The Wayward, The Prodigal. We don't, our bookstore is closed because we're remodeling. So um, we don't have them, um, but, but I'm going to bring Mark. It'll probably be early next year because of our schedule. Um, but I'm going to bring them out to our church and make it available to the city here in Colorado uh, and in Denver. And, um, you know, I've just been talking to a couple parents recently with wayward kids, and it's hard. I'm sorry. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to New Jersey now. Jerry's on the line. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Enjoy I'm good, the Jerry. program. How are you? And thank oh, you for great. all the work you pastors do. Um, thank you. I had a question that I kind of have a little problem, uh, kind of get into with people about. Okay. Okay, I'm going to use me as a, an example. Okay, I'm okay. living for the Lord, and I and I love Him, but I go out and just say, commit adultery. And okay. I die. Yes. Now, will I go to heaven, or will I not? Um, it, because okay, people but, are arguing with, well, Christ died for your past, your presence, and your future, and but no matter what you do, which a lot of people you um, take grace for, um, can't think of the word, um, take grace, advantage of grace. Okay. Yes. But what I mean, what I want to know is, will they enter into heaven or not? Well, let's ask. Let's see if we can ask the question a different way. Okay. 
Are you saved by your last act on earth? Would a person be saved by the last thing they say or the last thing they do on earth? Mm. Okay, so that's something to chew on. I could say a partial answer to that is yes, if the last thing they do is repent of their sins uh, and believe in their heart in the Lord Jesus, yes. But the purpose of the question was uh, to, to really draw out, I'm grateful that my security in Jesus Christ is not dependent upon my behavior, that I'm not going to heaven or hell based on the last... Let, so let, let's say, for example, if we were driving in a car and, the last mm-hmm. thing, and somebody cut me off and the last thing I did was cuss out something and then I, the car flipped over and I died. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I did before I died was cussing or some bad thing. Would I go to hell for that? I, I believe the Bible teaches no, I would not go to hell for that. Um, it, it would be a, a work that was wasted. Uh, it would be a sin that was covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, but I'm grateful that God doesn't judge me by the last thing I say or do on earth. Oh, okay. Okay. Which makes sense. You know, I just, um, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of have a hard thing. I mean, I know he forgives us in it, but people, there are some people that, continue to live for the Lord, but then they go out and sit and they just keep doing because it's they feel they're they have a way into heaven to free ticket because they've and that's a different faith. so that's a different description because you know there are also people that are teaching a false um, message of grace and that mm-hmm. you just have this tremendous freedom and you can do whatever you want and and the the reality of of living life however you want and you know if you sin it's no big deal. Um, it, it, sin is a big deal. It, it placed Jesus on the cross. Right. And, and the reality of, you know, whether you can gain your salvation or lose your salvation, there's even uh, doctrines of, you know, if you make bad decisions, lose your salvation, get it back, lose it, get it back. Uh, but, a, but a person that you're describing in that second um, description of a person that's just kind of, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want and I don't care and, and I'm, I'm going to be forgiven anyway, is a real different scenario than the first one you described because a person living like that, I'm going to confront with the truths of the gospel uh, because a, a, a person that's born again, they, would, they don't become perfect, but they do change. Right. And so if, if I see a person living like the world and living like an unbeliever, I'm going to challenge them on that. And even if they disagree, well, I could do whatever, but at least I'm going to challenge them with what the Bible says, that if you abide in me, Jesus says, I abide in you. If you abide in my words, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said. I mean, there are a lot of things, decisions that are being made that, hey, you look like you're living like the world. And even in our Bible study last night here at Calvary, I taught on how believers can live like unbelievers. Uh, And... And it's just not a good place to live. Um, whether or not yeah. the person's saved or not, you know, it's between them and the Lord, but it's not a good place to live. It's such a great treasure that God has given to us in our Amen. salvation with Him that we want to live in such a way that honors Him and glorifies Him and gives Him the due respect uh, and, and honor and obedience that He deserves. Yeah, and you don't want to hurt Him because you love Him and you want to do your best to please Him. Okay, I just, I mean... Yeah. We have questions. different conversations about that, and I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to call Calvary and figure 
get this straight, you know. And like I think sometimes I look at it different, but I think that I'm hard on myself about that. And but but of course, I mean, I still can't comprehend the love of God that He has for us and His great mercy and forgiveness. It's just but amazing. I don't take it for granted my salvation and my relationship with Him. And I do think of things because I would never want to hurt him. And I am yes. appreciative for what he has done for me on the cross. So I am, I do try to watch, even though I'm, I'm not perfect, nobody is, and I do fail, but I know he's forgiving and kind and loving, and, you know, and he, he looks at our hearts, you know. And he And he knows even more about us than we do, and he's gracious mm-hmm. and loving and compassionate and caring. As as well as faithful and reliable and empowering for us, and so we want to stay as far away from sin as possible. You know, I, I don't want to be up on the. I don't want to see how close I can get to something without sinning. I truly want to stay away um, from sin as much as I can in my life. Right. Well, thank Thanks, you Jerry. so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You cleared it up Bye-bye. very well. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks. That reminds me that uh, Calvary Live is not only on on Grace FM Radio Network, but we're also on the Hope FM Radio Network and also the Truth FM Radio Network. And we're also on, uh, I need to get the call letters, but we're on a radio station in Hanford, California as well. So uh, more and more stations uh, pick up the program, and we're grateful for that. So I know Jerry's listening on Hope FM. So hello to everyone on Hope FM. Uh, Brenda's also on Hope FM. She's calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Brenda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Well, my question is, or um, I guess I'm looking for some um, scripture in reference to evangelism. Um, I'm in a Bible study class, and someone in the class said that they don't think that they should be evangelizing. And I thought that we, as disciples of Christ, according to Matthew 28, 18 to 20, that we're all to go go out and make disciples of all nations. So my question is, as a disciple of Christ, are we all included in this um, great commission and the command to go out? Every believer, every disciple. Yes, we are. Disciples make disciples. We are all called to share the good news that your sins can be forgiven through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Yes. So, um, so you know, there are several people in the class who said, well, we have a ministry called Operation Burning Light, where we go out okay. into the street, and okay. we go into the inner city, Yes. And so, um, you know, we, we sing and we um, preach and we walk around the entire neighborhood um, giving out gospel tracts and talking with people and praying with people. And so, so there are some people in the congregation that say, that's just not my thing. It's not my ministry. You know, I'm not called to that, and, you know, I can't do that. Well, now the, so that's a different question. I guess I'm, um, so what you're asking is a different question, which is really good follow-up, because... Oh. We are all called to make disciples and to share the gospel, but how we do that does vary depending on the giftings and the talents that God has given to us. And so some people really love the door-to-door type of thing, and they do that. 
Other people are very relational. Other people like to write. Uh, other people like to teach or preach the gospel. And so there are a variety of ways to do it. And for okay. someone to say, uh, going door to door, going inner city is very uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable for me. We need to make okay. room for that to say, yeah, okay. It, you don't, that the Bible doesn't mandate that you get involved in every single thing that you're doing on, uh, you know, that your church is doing. Um, but okay. you know, if, if we're not telling people about the changed lives, um, that, that God has done in our lives and we're not regularly inviting people to Jesus Christ, the, the question would have to be why. Okay. So I'm sorry you hear the music. We're coming up on the break. So thanks thank for your you call so today. Much. I appreciate your Alrighty. time and thank you for Bye-bye. the ministry. We'll be right back on Calvary Live. This is Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Calvary Live. We're in the second half of the program, man. It goes by so, so quickly. Uh, Grateful to have you join us today. We count it a privilege uh, and a trust uh, to be with you in your car or in your kitchen or on your app, uh, talking about the things of the Lord. Uh, You know, we're not always going to agree on everything, and that's okay. Um, I mean, as long as it's not the essentials, uh, we may have a secondary doctrine or a biblical conviction we don't agree on, and that's okay. Uh, but it is good to dialogue about it. It is good to know what the Bible has to say. It is good to ask the questions and see where an answer will lead us. Uh, and that's part of what the program is. The other part is to pray for you and to encourage you in the things of the Lord. Uh, and so you can do that by calling us at 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, uh, or you can text us 720 and we'll take your calls and your questions, and and we're going to go right back to the phone lines as Joseph has been waiting. Joseph from Aurora, Colorado, welcome to the program. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. What's going on, man? Oh, man. I just did four years in the penitentiary, and I was just wondering, how could I reach like salvation through faith in God? You know, I was, I was gangbanging my whole life. Yes. You know, like, I'm just trying to figure out how I could how, how I could reach that point where I could be like comfortable with my past, you know. You know, um, that's a good question in in um, relation to some of the things I'm sure is in your past. Um, do you know there's a guy in the Bible that had a really bad past too? Who? His name was Paul, or we first Paul. introduced to him as somebody called Saul of Tarsus, okay. and. And he was a religious man, so you know, a little bit different than you. Uh, he was a religious man, so he what he did, he actually did in the name of God, and and he would be very violent, very arrogant. Um, he would go and destroy families, and all in the name of God. And God stopped him. He was on his way to a city called Damascus, which is in present day Syria, and. He was on his way. Uh, he was on his way to destroy more families in the name of God, and God stopped him. Jesus stopped him and enlisted him in ministry. And Saul of Tarsus became Paul the apostle. 
but these things were on his mind. And there's a there's a time in Paul's life where where he's praying to God, and he's describing a very difficult thing in his life, and he says, "God, take it away, take it away, take it away." And and Jesus' answer was, "I'm not going to take it away. I'm actually going to use it in your life." And people are always like wondering what was he, what was it that he was praying about? Was it some medical issue? Was it some uh, situation that he was in danger? Or a third option was, is that his past really messed with his head, and it bothered him. And, you know, I have a past too. Um, I did a lot of bad things under the influence of drugs and alcohol, um, said a lot of bad things. I, um, got invo- I got in trouble with the law. I got in trouble uh, with the police. I, I was a very bad person, and and I know that accepting the love of God and accepting the forgiveness of God can be hard for a very bad person because we just don't believe it. I don't know where you're at. You can share where you're thinking, but I know I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe that God could love somebody as bad as me. I really didn't believe it. I wasn't trying to be like anti-God or fight God or anything. I just I just knew how bad I was, and it was hard for me to believe that God's love extended to someone as bad as me. Is that what you're feeling, or is it something different? I just feel like sometimes like I have these demons in me, you know, and I'm just trying to kill them, get them off me. Have you ever have you ever repented of your sins and asked God to forgive you of your sins? Yeah, I've, I've repented. I've repented plenty, but sometimes it just it just doesn't work. It feels like it's just not enough. Well, it it is enough. And the battle that you're having is whether you believe God or not. And the you know you've created a lot of bad habits in your life. Um, you've you've done you've I'm sure you don't need to share any of them, but I'm sure that you have created a lot of bad habits. You've created a lot of bad thinking, you know, in your mind. I bet you that's most of your battle is in your mind, and just what's in your head, man. And just what are you going to believe, and what are you going to feel, and and what are you going to do with your life now? And how are you going to face this temptation? And what if I go back and do the same things again? What if I go back to prison? And, and, and you know, you've got your eyes on all these difficulties. And, and, and what, what will help you is to develop a worship life of surrender to the God who loves you. And it's going to take some time, you know. You're, it's, it's going to take time in your life, Joseph. It's not going to happen overnight because, you know, God can save you overnight but learning to live a life that pleases him takes time. Relax. And if you have repented of your sins, then all that's left is to believe that God forgave you and to live in that forgiveness. It's sort of like prison, right? Sin is like prison. And I, I, it's like being... Pastor, say that again? Excuse me, Pastor. Like, I've, I've lost so many people in my life. Like, I got dead homies, you know? And yes. like sometimes I just can't live with that. You know, like it's hard. Like I just pray for them. Like I just pray, like rest in peace, like all my dad homies, you know. Like I just got people I've lost, Pastor, and it's just like I don't know, sometimes I can't cope with that. It just it adds up, you know. I, I um my son died five years ago. Um that's probably the closest that I can uh relate to, to you losing your close friends, you know, and and, um, you know, losing someone you love and care for is, is very painful and very hard. And it messes with your heart and it messes with your head. 
And so even those feelings that you're having are normal. Um, you know, you, you don't need to pray for them because there's nothing, um, there's nothing that we can do about their lives now. They're, they're facing their eternal judgment. Uh, but one thing you can do when you feel sorrow and sadness for people that died is, is really to invest in the people that are still alive. And, you know, where are you going to church right now? Right now I don't have a stable church. You know, that, that, that would be a great beginning to, to plug into a group of, especially with a group that have, um, that minister specifically to people with addictions and people who just got out of prison. What side of town do you live on? I I live over here in Aurora. Well, come, you come to our church. Where's your church? We're on Hampton and Tower, right by the Safeway there. Oh, okay. Uh, the church. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we're right across the street from the movie tower. Hey, and you know we've got groups on Tuesday. I think they meet on Tuesday nights and Friday nights specifically for guys that are battling stuff just like you. It's called the most excellent way. Please do. We want to come alongside of you and encourage you. And help you get strong in the things of God. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. are you reading your Bible every day? I try to. Because that's a helpful thing. You know, when you're in love with someone, you want to hear from them. And so reading your Bible and praying every day are great to habits to develop. So, can I pray for you? Yes, sir. God, I pray for Joseph. I'm thankful that he's out of prison. And I pray that he never returns, that the life that he now lives, your word says that we are new creations in Christ, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And God, that he's been released and freed from prison. Hallelujah. And you want to release and free him from the bondage of sin. And I just pray, God, as, 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 as much as it was, him walking out of the doors of jail is how you want him to walk out of the doors of addiction and of pain and a life that hasn't really been for your glory up until now. It just really hasn't been that. And I also pray specifically, God, for his heart and his hurting, the pain that he has of so many of his homies that have that are no longer alive. And they didn't make it. They didn't make it like Joseph has. And they didn't they don't have this chance. And I just pray with Joseph having this chance that he would honor the memory of his friends and really serve those that are alive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, Joseph, Joseph, amen. I, I want to I make, make sure that you have repented of your sins. And so I, I want to lead you in a prayer right now so you could repeat after me so that you know that you know that even before, if you ever doubt any time you ever committed your life to Jesus, if you're ready right now, I would love to help you obey the Bible when it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would you like to do that right now? Yes, Pastor. Let's do it right now. So if you can say something like this. Dear God. Dear God. I admit that I've sinned against you. I admit that I have sinned against you. And I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Help me to live a life that pleases you. Help me live a life that pleases you. Mm. 
I believe you sent Jesus to live for me. I believe you sent Jesus to live for me. To die for me. To die for me. And to raise, rise again from the dead. And to rise again from the dead. And I dedicate my life to following you. And I dedicate my life to following you. From this day forward. From this day forward. Help me to turn away from my sinful past. Help me to turn away from my sinful past. And I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, you meant that truly from your heart. God heard you. He receives you. And you're right. The path is going to be hard, Joseph. But it's going to be it's going to be possible because God has done the work for you. And this is it. This is this can very well be the turning point in your life, Joseph. Just like you walk just like when you walked out of prison now and you they said you're free and they processed you, gave you your stuff and you just sat down and said I'm not leaving. I don't want to leave. And you're like, "Dude, you're free. Get out of here." And you're like, "I don't want to. I just don't believe it. I don't and and I know you would never do that. Like you were out the door as soon as they opened. <laughs> and I get it. Uh, cuz you paid your debt to society. Well, it's the same thing with this truth of God freeing you from the prison of your difficulties. God says you're free, and so just walk and live in that freedom. So you can uh, you can connect as soon as, uh, what's today, Thursday? So uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, the Most Excellent Way meets at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. I don't know if I'll be able to do it tomorrow, Pastor, but I will make the effort. Okay. All right, and then we'll be, you know, we have church service on Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then Most Excellent Way meets on Tuesday. So we'll be there. We'll be there to, we'll be there. You can just come worship with us. Just come hang out with us, worship, sing to God, um, and just start that pattern of walking toward the things of God. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, brother, I look forward to meeting you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Oh wow, that's good. Here's another putting uh putting uh, Joseph on our prayer list. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Um this is this is that's how that's what God does. He takes Saul of Tarsus and he makes him Paul Paul, Paul the apostle. And please do pray for him. It's going to be a long road. Um but it's a road of faith that the Lord just could moment by moment empower our new brother Joseph. I look forward to meeting him. 303-690-3000 um Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm good, Bianca. How are you? Well, uh, I'm good. I just have a question about that verse that says that before we were in our mother's womb, the Lord knew us or whatever it says. Yes. So judging by that verse, does it mean that we, our soul was already in heaven before we were even born then? Or is it no. just that because the Lord's sovereign, he, he knows every single one of us, even the people who aren't born yet? Or it, It's the second one, uh, our, uh, the reality of of God knowing all things. He knows everything about, um, he knows everything about us even before we do. And so, 
our souls did not pre-exist, um, but life began in the womb. So oh, it's your second one. So, so then, if that's the case, then so when the, I don't know if this is two different things or not, but when it says that we're going to turn back to dust, so does it mean then that we were already dust to start with? I mean, is it talking about creation? Yeah, the reference going back to dust is, the I believe, a reference back to Genesis where man was made out of dust. Uh, okay. And so it's just simply a reference that our bodies uh, are not made for heaven, and our bodies are going to go back into the ground and disintegrate. And that reference, I think, goes back to Genesis. Okay, well, that explains that I just had difficulty grasping that for some reason, but thanks for clarifying. Oh, you're welcome. Great questions as usual. Thank you. All right, bye. Alrighty, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see if we can take another call. We probably we have some time. Uh, let's go right to, looks like it's Trisha in Castle Rock. Trisha, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I am well, thank you. First of all, I'd like to say that I am so excited um, to, to meet Joseph in heaven when he gets Yes. It's going to be glorious. So, um, all right, let me get myself together here. (laughs) Okay, Um, no problem. So I have a question that I have been talking to to God about, and I just can't seem to get it together um, on my reading about it, because I don't understand it. Okay. Um, now, if this is in lieu of everything that's going on with uh, the sexual abuses and stuff like that. Um, yes. The, in the Bible, it says that many of the men took wives and concubines. Yes. But when a woman was found to be unfaithful, she was stoned. So why is it that in, a woman was stoned and a man was not. Can you think of an example of a woman being stoned for adultery? I don't. I can't recall one off the top of my head. Um, Jesus, I, I believe Jesus stepped in and kept them from stoning a woman from yes, being okay. unfaithful. Yeah, I can think of that. And so, so think of it. So let's talk about um, a broader perspective. There, there, the, the the definition that God gave for marriage is one man, one woman in one lifetime. And that that's the highest ideal for God. Of course, uh, because we're imperfect men and women after the fall, after sin, um, not everybody lives up to the perfect standard, including adultery and including taking multiple wives. Now, it's interesting because taking multiple wives was strictly forbidden by God, uh, as was adultery. Uh, it was forbidden by God. And one of the things that the Bible does for us is it doesn't gloss over the failures of the men and women that God used because every man and woman that God uses, we all have failures. They're just different. 
Um, some are very obvious, some are not, some are not so obvious, but we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and God uses us anyway. And so the standard of stoning was true for men and women. It wasn't just for women, but what, what you're experiencing by the time we come to Jesus and even through David's life, Solomon's life was a disobedience on the part of man. So for example, the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery and thrust into the presence of Jesus deserved, according to the Mosaic law, to be stoned. But so did the man that she had sex with. But see, these guys were so corrupt that they were trying to set Jesus up, and they they sinned multiple times against this woman, being just so manipulative and, and so bad. It was bad. And being in the presence of the love and mercy of Jesus Christ, um, he shows mercy on her, because it would not be just a few years later that Jesus would die for that very sin uh, in her life. And what does he tell her? He says, go and sin no more. And he showed great mercy. And so one of the issues that you're, that you're sensing, I think, and you can clarify for me, but one of the things that you're probably feeling is the weight of hypocrisy, because the, 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 the um, penalty for that sin was the same for men and women. Okay. And it just... And when David, you know, David had multiple wives, Solomon had multiple wives, they did so in disobedience to God, and God was also merciful with them and with their wives. And, and so sin is, you know, just like the beautiful thread of God's uh, mercy and grace is throughout the scriptures, there's the ugly thread of man's sin and failure throughout the Bible, too. Okay. And, oh, okay. And, so and I would just say... What... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, so it's just not against women. It's it's just right. not. It, it was against both. Correct. Okay. All right. The law. The law was for all followers of the old covenant. Um, anyone that was a person that following God. And and let me just say um, to to speak to a little bit to the question framed within our culture, our current cultural context. It is never okay to abuse a woman. It is never okay to take advantage of a woman. It is never okay to sexually harass a woman or a man. But speaking of the culture, you know, the context that we're speaking of, it's never okay to take advantage of women. Um, the Bible teaches just the opposite, that we're to honor and value women, that, that we're to serve them, that, that we're to respect them. Uh, that, that, and so what you see in the world today of women being mistreated, perhaps even within the church, is absolutely 100% not the heart of God. Okay. Thank you. Um, that was the, the answer I was looking for. <laughs> that was a great question, I, so thanks for hanging on and answer, asking it. All right. Well, Pastor, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and um, yay for Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Trisha. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Fort Collins on line one is Marianne. Marianne, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I don't have a question or a prayer request, but just something I felt like um, God kind of led me to to tell you, I was um, okay. I grew up in Southern California, and I uh, in my teen years back in the seventies, um, early seventies, I got to be involved with um, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa on Saturday nights, and we used to go there for concerts and 
God was just doing some awesome things back then. Um, we'd go to the beach and just meet other kids and just say, hey, we're going to this concert. It's at this church. Do you want to come? And people would go, yeah. And we would just bring people to church, or we would um, meet people afterwards for, you know, coffee or something. And, and at the church services, like, people were coming forward, and uh, we'd see, like, one to two hundred kids just come forward for um, to accept Christ on a Saturday night. And uh, as a young Christian, I just thought this was normal, that that happened every yeah. every week. But um, uh, it, it was just an amazing time, and I remember there, was, there were a couple of guys, uh, as well as Pastor Chuck Smith, but there were other people, too, that God was really using at that time. And one of them, I remember um, we prayed because he felt led to come to Colorado. And so we prayed for him, and I don't know what God was doing back then in Colorado, but... Um, he started a church here, I guess, and, and now that church is really growing. And um, yesterday you said something about when you came to Colorado, and so it yes. just kind of sparked something in me thinking, well, way back then in 1973-74, we were praying for God's Spirit to just work here in Colorado. <laughs> and awesome. even though I don't see revival like that um, anymore, I do believe that so many ministries, so many churches, so many people have not only been one to Christ, but ministries have started here yes. in Colorado because of those prayers way back then of a whole bunch of uh, teenagers. And um, anyway, I just wanted to share that. It was an exciting time, and uh, cool things were happening, I wonder, and I still believe I wonder if you're, God's using that. I wonder if you're referring to uh, Tom Stipe. Tom Stipe. It was Tom Stipe. Tom Stipe, and then before we, before we met in the church, we actually met in uh, tents, these, like, yes. circus tent-type things. Yes. And um, there were other guys, too, Lonnie Frisbee. Um, yes. Uh, I can't remember the other. The guy so in San Diego, I, I can't remember his name. At the, his name is Mike McIntosh. Um, Mike McIntosh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And just, just a whole bunch of cool people that God was using. And I just can't can't believe... Uh, we would we would just share our faith and people we ask yes. people if they wanted to come to Christ and they go yeah it's just yeah, like let's do it it, it was so, amazing and my, I can't even believe you know I got to be a part of seeing that happen it was an amazing time and I've never I've never gotten over that I went into full time ministry later on after college and yes. um and then since then we got to move to Colorado but. Um, I've never gotten well, over what we saw God do, and the, and what I know God can do. He, can he will. Turn yes. whole cities upside down. So I've got a, I've got a couple things because we're coming up on the end of the show. So a couple sure. things to consider. Uh, Tom Stipe is still pastoring. He's up in Wheat Ridge, uh, and then uh, right behind him, a, a brother by the name of Richie Ferre. He came out. Uh, he planted a church in Boulder, and he was serving up in. Uh, northern north north um, west Colorado for a while for a long time twenty something years he's um and then and then you had Gino Geraci come out from Albuquerque and then you'd be in, this is a little bit of trivia Pastor Mike McIntosh's daughter married a man by the name of Dave and Dave Love came out and planted a church in Littleton and he now pastors with Mike McIntosh's daughter in Castle Rock and so uh, and of course. Since I moved here in 1999, there were just a few Calvaries here, but now there are so many all throughout Colorado from um, all the four corners, and and so God's still answering your prayers, and so wow. thank you uh, for wow. that. And then one more thing, I next month, because I was just doing the recordings for it, but next month, our book of the month 
is a book called Jesus Revolution by Greg Laurie. And it's his firsthand account of everything you just talked about. You've oh got to get it. You you would totally be blessed by it. It's called Jesus Revolution. And he gives his firsthand account of everything he experienced and then brings it into the present day to say, hey, Lord, do it again. Yep. That's exactly what I'm praying. I know God right can. On. Well, thanks for calling. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, we're out of time. I'm sorry, guys. I saw that, you know, the lines were lighting up and uh, lots of texts coming through. I'm sorry. Uh, there was a text that came through that I can't see it now, but it was for Joseph. Uh, it was an encouragement, some uh, former gang members. Um, um, so, I, I lost it. Uh, it says, okay, this message is for Joseph. Look into Kingdom Music, One Vision Army. Triple Three, Brian Trejos, they were gang members and thugs who are now rappers that are saved and worshiped through the music of John and Chastity. So um, there, there's, that story is repeated over and over again. You know, my friend uh, Jose, who serves in Watts, was a former gang member. Um, I, Joseph, we can get you. In, I mean, it's there is a grand, beautiful world open to you, bro, in Jesus Christ. And I just cannot wait to see what God wants to do. And thank you guys for your prayers, for your encouragement. Um, Look to Jesus tonight. Just be enraptured in his love and rest abiding in him. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys at church this weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.